Hey guys, welcome back to the Passive Buddies podcast. And today we have a cool spin on our episode. It is a guest interview, but this guest is the best way to describe it is like he just doesn't care. He's just so cool. It's like it is what it is. Um, we're we're going out and enjoying life. So Jeff Lavin is a adventurepreneur and that is a different spin on that word that I have never heard before, and I love it. We're going through his profile photos, going through his journey, and taking a look at what he actually does and how much fun he has with it. Today's episode is going to be absolutely incredible. So, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on board. What do you do when the dream of an online business makes you work harder than a day job would? The answer, you build passive income. On the Passive Buddies podcast, we cover the myths behind passive income and how to build true financial and time freedom. Welcome to the Passive Buddies podcast. Yeah, my pleasure, Brian. Um, Stoked to share some nuggets, knowledge and uh, stories, man. So, yeah, let's rock this. Awesome, mate. And do you know what? It's been like we've been trying to get we've been trying to get connected for at least a year like a year and a half like it's been that long like hey we need to have a chat we need to get on a podcast we need to have a talk like so i'm really glad that we actually finally got managed to to get it done now obviously i've caught your journey on on and off obviously for the, the last few years and obviously you've always been a great supporter so thank you so much but what got yeah. you online what got you as an online entrepreneur adventure printer? Um, so it started out, um, you know, my era, my twenties, I was a snowboarder, sponsored snowboarder and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, I had some, you know, good times, uh, with that, but also I treated my body like a rental car. Um, so there's a place or a point in time where I blew out both my knees back to back. Like I blew out one and then I blew out the other. And, you know, at the time I was getting my money from like sponsors and stuff like that. So, and, you know, going and competing or, you know, doing what I, you know, or getting videos or photos and stuff like that. So my normal way of, um, you know, generating an income as, you know, an athlete or a snowboarder, um, it kind of froze up. So I had to figure out another way. Um, You know, originally I started out in MLM and network marketing in uh, the 2000s, made like a thousand bucks way back when. Um, so I, you know, I thought about getting back into that, but I said, what the heck in 2007, I had my site, um, com. I took that and I turned that into like a database of, you know, like blog, all this stuff, app raise, um, just created a heck of a lot of value and put it out there. Um, like this is where you should go. This is what you should do. And then kind of expanded on other sports and other stuff that I kind of like to do. And it was just a, it was a way to bring my friends in and stuff too, and just have fun and learn at the same time. And, you know, next thing, you know, um, you know, we got some uh, banner sponsors and stuff like that. Um, we were able to put together uh, some sales and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, God, they're out of business now, but one of the, the competitors out there, um, cause we created kind of a cool database, um, you know, like where you could, um, just share that phrase or like, what, this is what you do. This, this is where you go. These are the awesome hotspots. Um, the competitor offered me a price where I it pretty much would have been like what I was going to make snowboarding. And I could go, you know, I was getting to that point where I was on the mend. Um, each ACL surgery takes about six months. So it was about a year, you know, so like a year out, I'm like five, you know, 11 months in, 
getting ready to go back to snowboarding and they made me an offer. I kind of refused. I probably should have negotiated a little bit more, but I said, what the heck? Uh, wait, you're going to give me money for this? Okay, cool. I can go back to snowboarding. Okay, cool. Like back to the, you know, kind of the snowboarder way of, you know, carefree and responsibility free and Akuna Matata. And, you know, it was getting to that point where, uh, you know, I was in my mid twenties and like 24, 25, I was going to have to learn how to scale or, you know, exit. So it just made sense to exit and stall it out to somebody that could do more with it or, you know, at least give me some money so I could go back to snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So you started out in network marketing. That was the, the first sort of journey online. Is that what you said? Yeah. And yeah. You said you made about a thousand dollars. Oh, so I was making about a thousand dollars network marketing before that. Um, you know, like 800, 900, you know, another early 2000s. I mean, I was, you know, 18, 19, kind of living at home way back then. Um, I could have gone back to that. That was before network marketing was ever online or anything like that. And before anybody thought about bringing that online. So I didn't really bridge that gap where I was like, oh, I could go back to that. I could, but yeah, then I got to call everybody, call the friends, call the family, or I could just, you know, I could be this introvert still and start this, you know, this other online thing where it's a, it's a blog where I was like, man, I could just do this and rank it high in Google, um, get traffic on that and see where that goes, you know, kind of be the hub where everybody went for, okay, I'm going to like, Let's see, Breckenridge, Colorado. What's there to do at Breckenridge, Colorado? Let's go to Mikasa. Okay, cool. Just all the the spots that I knew from traveling. Where, yeah. Okay, so how so, you said you monetized your blog in a way uh, with banner ads and, and stuff like that. So how did you go about? Because obviously, blogging blogging still huge. Like people don't people very underestimate the power that a blog still has. People think it's dead, and it, it truly isn't. Like you can make so much passive income from blogging. How did you make your passive income from blogging? So back then, it was called Google AdWords. Hmm. Um, that was one way. Um, there was banner ads. So we had about um, six, you know, six sponsors and stuff like that. And, you know, we made, you know, the gold package or, you know, the gold, silver, bronze package, you know, for sponsorship and banners. And, you know, then we also had uh, shoot, I was using constant contact back then because I kind of monetized an email list where I was keeping in touch with people then because um, I asked one of my friends, I said, how do you send, how do you send out 5,000 emails? And, you know, because I was trying to do it for my AOL or Hotmail or, you know, Gmail account back then. And Ruffle Russell Brunson. Getting, like, <laughs> yeah, it's getting like flagged. I was like, huh, okay, well, they, you know, they're shutting down my email account. So got to figure out a way to like, you know, stay in touch with these people, create, just really create as much value as I could. And I'm always a big believer in that, you know, like money just follows the value or the law of reciprocity. Um, you know, here I am, I talk a lot of personal development. I just say, yeah, it's like when you skip the stone, you know, into the river, into the lake or the ocean, make those ripples forward, you know, eventually it comes back. Um, that's always how I described it, you know, to, to other people and stuff. So just, I believe in that, you know, eventually you lead with enough value and you put enough good stuff out there, you help enough people, they'll come back, you know, in one way or another. Mm, I like that. And obviously it, it's really important, isn't it? Like in terms of, like, there's so many people out there who, and it, 
I was literally on, I was recording an earlier podcast today and we were talking about this. It was like selling and saving. Like the people who just go out to sell, like may make some money short term, but eventually they will die. Obviously, maybe not physically, but like their business will die. Whereas people who go out there to save last forever. They make more money long term and they last forever because of that value up front. And I take it that's where the blog of she really came into its own. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of came into its own as its own life. And it just, it gave me hope too. Because here I was rehabbing with back-to-back ACL surgeries. You know, I'm both, you know, had one on the other knee. And then four days in my other season, blew out my other knee. Um, That's just irony. And it just sucked, man. So I needed something to kind of stay plugged into the industry and, you know, touching base with everybody too. And it was a way to reach out and just make conversations with people that I wanted to be sponsored by and just meet those connections and all that. So, you know, for me, it was just a giant networking opportunity. And somehow I figured out, well, actually I figured out how to make money off it and how to kind of monetize it. So I ran with it, um, you know, for a bit, but it's kind of like, you know, like, you know, young entrepreneur and stuff like that. You're trying to figure out how to run a business. Like, oh yeah, maybe I should start one of those LLC things or, you know, an S corp or, you know, all this. Cause I'm, I'm making money doing this of something that I didn't expect to make money. And, oh, wow, I got to pay taxes on this. And people are asking me for, uh, you know, W9 forms in the, you know, the States here where like, that's a form you gotta, you know, submit. Like, oh yeah, like we'll advertise for you. Uh, send us your W9. I'm like, what's a W9? Like, I had to Google that. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you that. And then I was like, oh yeah, I could send them my social security number or uh, EIN. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I can get one of those if I, you know, if I start a business. So I kind of start everything a little bass backwards, you know, um, just, figured it out as i went yeah the, do you know what I mean? the power of google do you know the, the amount of times like i've been on like sales calls in the past and so and they'll mention something and i'll just go yeah 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 and then go oh yeah okay got yeah and it's exactly the same obviously it's all about like just leveraging the information we've got at hand and turning it into an opportunity which obviously was something you massively massively done so if how much you don't have to give me an exact figure, but how much did you end up making by the blogs, the Google ads, um, the sponsorship? Like roughly, like where did you get to? How big did that go? So six months. Um, I ran that for about six months. I started in January or February, and then I sold it by like June, July of that year, and I made a solid five figures, easy nice. solid five, like. Should have negotiated the six. <laughs> this is when you sold it, yeah? I mean, just below six. You know, I sold it at, you know, below six figures, made a good, made some good money off of it, um, covered my medical bills and stuff like that, um, physical therapy and all that. And then I even had a little bit left over to go to Argentina to nice. snowboard. Nice. So, Obviously, that was six months' work, and you sold it for just under six figures. Like, where else have you had a return like that? Like for six months' work, like that—that that right. is incredible. And you were making money along the way with sponsors, Google AdSense. Yeah. It's like, 
Yeah. I mean, unless you're, you know, out here, everybody, you know, all my friends are doing like landscape businesses and stuff like that. And I've done those, you know, I've worked in concrete. I've done those traditional, you know, construction businesses and stuff like that. That's the only time you make that kind of money. But when you're busted up and you can't use your body like that, just not going to happen. <laughs> you know, like you got to find a way to use the head. Yeah. And how old were you at that point? Like when, like, um, I was 24, um, 24 to 25. Nice. So I, yeah. So I was 20, you know, 25 and a half when I got out of it. Um, you know, and then it just, I didn't really find my next thing until I was, uh, almost 30, like 29 ish. You know, I took those, took those last few years to kind of enjoy snowboarding adventures and exploring and, you know, just, just getting out there, snowmobiling, um, getting out there in the backcountry and just living that life and, you know, trying to milk as much as I could from sponsorship dollars or contingency money or, you know, if I could get photos or videos or anything like that. And I, you know, I kept that going as long as I could. Um, <clears throat> but then I came to the point where my body was just kind of beat up and um, I was just burned out from the industry. Um, when you have, you know, you have one sponsor, it's like having a boss, um, at the height, heyday of my career when I was 27, I had like 10 sponsors. Um, <clears throat> some of them were just, you know, they'd give you like stuff or others would give you checks or, you know, just, I don't know, you know, it's all the different levels, but it's like having 10 different bosses. Um, so I was just burned out, you know, by the time I was done, I was maybe had like three or four solid sponsors. Um, you know, so I just wasn't making as much. I had to figure out what's next. Um, took that summer off, went back, like went into the trades, you know, cause I'm a, you know, pipe fitter, welder, um, you know, did a little bit of that, um, you know, stuff like that and said, well, you know, like I kind of miss the snowboard industry. I want to snowboard, but I want to do it on my own terms. So what the heck, um, I'm just going to start making snowboards. So you know, <clears throat> like every brilliant idea, um, you know, why me snowboards? That was boring. Um, it was kind of the idea was born like a few years back. Um, my bro joked with me when I, I was leaving Wisconsin. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to drive from Wisconsin all the way to Maine. He said, why me? And I'm just like, dude, F you. Because, you know, like, like you hang out with your old childhood friends, you tend to, you know, especially from Wisconsin in the Midwest, like, you tend to have a few cocktails or beers, you know, you know, you just, you go over overboard with that and eat way too much good food. So I was, I was ready to make that drive and I'm just not in a good state of mind or feeling of body. Um, but he kind of came, he planted that seed in my head. He's like, no, that's, that's your journey because you went from Wisconsin to Maine, you know, and then you like went all over, you know, like to Norway and traveled and did all this cool stuff in Colorado and California. Like you should do something with that. So <clears throat> a few years later, why me snowboards? Um, I just kind of grabbed some click art or something like that. I took two hands like this, thinking they're going to be the rock on hands, you know, because they made the W and the M, but they're really in sign language. It means I love you, but I didn't know it looked cool. <laughs> so I made this logo and, and then I get, you know, I'm getting messages. I didn't even make a website. Um, my buddy helped me make a like landing page because all of a sudden um, I just created like a Facebook profile 
and a few other things and people were just blowing it up they're like yo what is this oh this is cool man this is cool like it kind of like the clicks on it and i was like oh i'm just i'm still trying to figure this out i mean i'm like i don't know how to make snowboards yet like <laughs> sold a but, snowboard before you knew how to make one <laughs> yeah sold a snowboard before i knew how to make one um but i just really wanted to come from a spot of value of just making a really good snowboard you know quality durability you know at an affordable price um you know even then i mean today it's crazy just how how much people are getting priced out of the ski resorts and stuff like that like out here we have fail they just they buy everything <laughs> they buy everything like even the small places they're the little you know we call them the empire just because they, they've been buying everything the last 10 years but it's kind of pricing everybody out and then the lines and all that stuff but you know, I just wanted to keep something core, you know, for all the all the kids out there and, to, you know, really give and inspire hope and all that. Um, you know, snowboarding saved my life and it gave me everything, you know, like all the cool, you know, artists and concerts and just totally inspired me to be a different person than what I would have been, you know, had I stuck around in Wisconsin and just been a journeyman pipe fitter for the last, I don't know, 20 years, probably retired or something like that by now body would have been too broke from that <clears throat> but just wanted to give back so jump do you in. still have the surfboard business i don't you know like of all the things i mean it kind of put me in the direction um that i'm going now <clears throat> especially with everything that we do with finance but um you know all the things like 2020 you know all the storms the weather it's business and all that you know all of a sudden this virus comes out and you know, you close down is not essential. And, you know, with uh, six months or so of, you know, cash flow, we said, all right, we can keep this going or, you know, you know, we don't get any of the, the stimulus or any of the stuff now, or if we can't jumpstart this, we're going to lose a season. Um, there's just a lot of variables on the line where sometimes you just got to let go of stuff. Um, I think I saw Russell Brunson post of that where you just got to let go of stuff for uh, the better stuff to happen. It was, uh, it was a tough pill to swallow. And it was, uh, you know, that last email I sent, um, it, was, it was tough, but also it was like the giant weight was lifted back off my shoulders. Um, the one big thing of why I chose to kind of go a different direction is I didn't want to go back because I got to the point, you know, I started, you, you start out in any business, you're the chief everything officer. Mm-hmm. And ideally, you're the chief everything officer. Hopefully you don't have a pain in the ass. Hopefully it's kind of an asset. Um, but you get to a point where it becomes a pain in the ass and you have to go from learning how to create an asset and be the CEO with the systems, processes, human capital stuff. And here I was looking at, all right, you know, we had, you know, 10 people involved or so and <clears throat> a few other hands in it. Um, and, you know, some overseas factories, um, logistics stuff, quality control, um, everything that kind of goes into that. And I couldn't justify going back to being the chief everything officer or just being the one man band. It was way too big for one person to steer that. <clears throat> so I made the tough call, but I think it's the right call. And sometimes you got to slide stuff on the back burner and sent that last email. I said, hey, it's, uh, it's not goodbye. It's see you later. You know, see you out there in the hill. See you later. Um, it's Nothing's forever. Okay, so we went from obviously. So you've built 
you've built an online business and blogging. Obviously, you absolutely smashed it, sold that, made really good money. Obviously, then went and enjoyed yourself for five years, which so you should. Obviously, you ain't good money. Um, you've built a snowboarding business, so you built a physical business again. Um, obviously, that has come to an end. COVID decided to kill that one. It was kind of a physical business, kind of not. I mean, we never, all right, so we never had offices. No, I remember you saying was, before we got to, no offices. Yeah. So you ran the no whole office. thing from home. We ran the whole, well, from home, man, on the mountains, um, <laughs> you know, all the mountains have really good Wi-Fi and stuff like that or on the go. Um however we you know kind of could because a lot of the reps and stuff like that they travel um you can use a annex or a forwarding um something like that and we always had one main logistics center um that was set up where everything could be shipped out of um drop shipped and stuff like that before people were really thinking about drop shipping um you know in the you know mid 2010s to 2020s we figured out a lot of that stuff of how to do this from the beach but still have physical products. Um, so in, uh, you know, snowboarding, skateboarding, a lot of stuff, um, you have what's called uh, OEM or, OD, or ODM, uh, original equipment manufacturing, original design manufacturing. So you get to a point where, yeah, you can make your own snowboards. You should for your prototypes and stuff like that. <clears throat> um, but you're going to want to go with the bigger factory. You can compete with Burden, also to have your price points and to have your goods landed at a certain proper price. So we were working with uh, you know factory in Taiwan, um, and then one overseas, and then one in, in uh, overseas in Europe and Poland, and then there was one in Canada uh, that we worked with as well too. So having by you know looking at the fulfillment side and saying, all right, how can we make a good product, but also how can we focus uh, those dollars on engineering and really putting good stuff into like and pending products or, you know, something that we can really change the game for. Um, that allowed us to create our own composites and stuff like that. Well, not our own composite. Um, there's a company out there called Anegra. Um, we were early to partner with them. One of my reps, Ryan, he was at Surf Expo and he said, hey, you got to reach out to this person and talk to them and get these specific number, number samples, order them and put them in a board. And your mind's going to be blown. So, I, you know, I took him at his word, put it in the boards, and it was a game changer. It was like having springs in the board and dampening. Pencil strength was awesome. Shear strength was awesome. Um, that kind of got us into the whole, you know, just focus on engineering, but you can engineer boards anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country, um, <clears throat> you know, from there. So, well, so you've you built this business, um, which is obviously this sounds really cool. Obviously, you've you've ran it from the the hills, the mountains, the beach. Like, how passive was that? In like, once you got the system set up, like, obviously, right? We order from there, we sell there. Like, how passive did that business become? It was a ten to fifteen hour work week. Um, it was pretty <laughs> mellow. I mean, there's so there's a couple times a year where it sucked, where you got the trade shows, um, the trade show month, and like January, February, where you're going to like uh, Snow Sports Industry of America, um, outdoor retailer. There's just a bunch of shows that are stacked together and, you know, just interacting with people and 
and uh you know conventions and stuff like that lots of travel it's about 80 hours a week at that point but there's lots of fun you know i mean there's good food beers all that because it's, it's snowboarding um it's not like super crazy work but it, you know it does take it out of you um there's like a i always called it the after trade show season i'd take like a week just to kind of decompact and decom- decompress um it's just taken out of me you know talking to like so many people and stuff um yeah it was you know 10 15 hour work week um we actually i figured out and some other people came to me and we started doing collaboration projects and stuff or projects like that making other people's boards um other stuff like that that created a whole side project for engineering for sourcing for like a whole service-based thing um like ray Kronk said or the you know mcdonald's movie i forget what it's called uh, the founder but where he figured out he was a mcdonald's real estate company and not just mcdonald's we figured out we had ways of figuring out supply chains um figuring out logistics um for the supply chains for that getting stuff landed designing products getting the patent pendings um or getting patents approved um, trademarks and stuff like that. A lot of stuff that other uh, smaller brands didn't have and creating buyers groups um, to get prices down and stuff like that. <clears throat> so that created a whole nother offside project um, that I was able to put my you know time and effort into um, where that, and that was another thing where it just, that ran and that was referrals only. None of that was marketed. That was all word of mouth. Wow, nice. <laughs> impressive so you've ended up like obviously you have like because like, obviously i always talk about like, the passive the passive income scale and obviously the opposite of passive is obviously active and just because you have elements of your business that stay in the active it could be touch point every day it could be like one hour a day it could be 30 minutes it could be once a week like it's just because you've got little bits in obviously of work in that side it doesn't mean it's not a passive income stream because obviously when you look at the alternative nine to five to trading it's very passive you've got that freedom on you um so obviously, although you had like the 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 marketing side which was the the trade shows that is that's marketing and sales isn't it like going to those trade shows but showing up and being that person like so you had that little stint and then you had like the rest of the year where you're working like 15 hours a week <laughs> from mountains from like from beach years like just totally like on your phone on your laptop yeah. and the freedom yeah a lot of it was responding to emails um maybe like a couple calls a week or something like that um, we split the calls up you know in our uh, respective areas <clears throat> and then social media stuff too you know showing what we're doing you know that we're free and out nice. there having fun and other people should be too. And hey, you know, if you're with us, um, you know, or just meeting up with people on the mountain and stuff like that too, and just just talking and enjoying this that best snowboard life we could. I bet you that just didn't feel like work at all, did it? Yeah, I mean, it was work, but not really work. I mean, it was great. Nice. So she unfortunately that business disappeared, but you turned it obviously through your through your creative mind of obviously going creating systems, which seems to be a very strong point for you. Um obviously creating a system, obviously got it passive, obviously COVID come and had an issue. 
Um, so what did you go to next? Knowing the fact that you can literally, you can you can market, you can rank blogs, you can create an online business. You obviously created a, a, a product-based business and you've obviously smashed that. Like, COVID's come, shut your business down. What did you do? Where did you go? So, all right, this is funny. So I found my way back. Um, you know, I was with this MLM company, more or less, because I had amazing results with it. My dad did too. Um, so I was, I was just this product user um, for it. But I saw this whole thing where, all right, you know, because every company you have the big five, uh, well, the big four that you focus on, you have your marketing, sales, fulfillment, administration. But I was like, wow, this company does half of this for me. They got the admin crap, they got the website, you know, all that stuff I don't want to do or hire out. Fulfillment's done, it's dropship. Um, all I got to really figure out is, how to market this mm-hmm. um and all the stuff i know with like marketing automation facebook ads google ads you know all the ways to drive traffic um, earned media um organic media and stuff like that and i said well all right cool so i had you know some good results with that um and then i created a program for other other marketers um and this is kind of before like leading up to covid before every the world shut down um, our primary market, you know, is affiliate network marketers um, and then solopreneurs. And I was like, well, solopreneurs could use this stuff too. Like we showed a lot of the systems processes um, for marketing and sales automation. And then we opened it up because COVID came and it just shook everybody out of the side. And um, I opened it up from, oh, geez, like mid-March until like July or August or something like that. And you know, all of a sudden our tertiary market of coaches, consultants, um, you know, solopreneurs out there, um, attorneys, realtors, um, they kind of became our primary market where, you know, that was the data um, we're getting back pretty, uh, you know, August, September, um, well, in the last year. So they made the shift and saying, all right, we're going to focus more towards this market. I mean, love network marketing, love affiliate marketing, but we're going to help these guys um, just create their systems, their processes, um, fulfill all their needs and bring all these other subject matter experts in too um, to help them with what they need. Um, so that's been growing. Um, that's been, it's been so fun. And then it kind of, you know, with losing uh, my company, um, well, not losing it, but just shutting it down, losing it. I mean, losing the brand, <clears throat> losing my religion. It sounds like an R.E.M. song here. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to take the sad song and make it better. Um, kind of drove me in the whole idea of, of finance, you know, everything, you know, cash flow with the business is the lifeblood. It's not, you know, cash is king, but cash flow is absolute king and creating ways of, taking in, you know, disaster management. None of us could, you know, like really prepare for this. And there's, who knows what else is going to come down uh, the tunnel here. You know, we got wars going on overseas and stuff like that. So, I mean, you need that risk mitigation, that disaster management, and then the diversification of taking that business. Um, Every business has a unique cash flow, a unique situation, but you can take that cash flow, diversify that into hard assets of, you know, either real estate investments or, you know, um, more passive assets like investments and stuff like that. And I've always looked at 
you know, creating passive income, you can do that in three ways. I mean, you can build it like I've done the, the last 10 years, um, building build a little bit more than 10 years, but um, building it, um, you can buy it where you can buy, you can buy revenue. Um, you know, that was just kind of like one thing that clicked. Um, one of my friends and partners, he's an investment banker. He said, oh yeah, cool. You got another, you got 25% of business. He's like, you're just out there buying revenue. And I was like, oh yeah. I was, you know, so like buying revenue, that's something like an existing franchise, an existing business is turnkey. You can go out there and you can buy that. Um, sometimes, um, depending on where you're at, there's a lot of times and places where you can get funded for that, or you can buy chunks of that um, because that's super successful. Um, you look at Fortune 500 companies, they have entire trading floors where they might not be the most profitable, but I can guarantee you they have like 100 people on their trading floor, they're, they're buying everything that's profitable, diversifying that that cash flow and putting money back into that company's tail. Um, the other thing is you can JV or partner, um, you know, like affiliate network marketing or joint ventures out there. So I mean, there's so many opportunities to create revenue, but just looking at each individual business and saying, hey, um, this is, you know, like we're looking at this, that, this, all right, you got your marketing systems on point, your sales, so like maybe you need some setters or some closers, um, your fulfillment, your value ladder, you could, you could step that out a little bit, offer this, or, you know, change the price point up a little bit. Um, admin side, um, maybe you want, maybe you want to go to C Corp if you're looking for some angel investments um, down the road, or you want to scale that exit. And then the finance side is just where it comes in and it just, it's all that stuff. So, you can focus on a year-long cycle or a five-year cycle like Google or Amazon does. And they're solely focused on data because they have their cash flow short up. Wow. <laughs> that was, like, I love, like, some of the key points that have come out there is, like, like that diversifying the, the income streams. And obviously, I know, I can't remember whether you said it in the interview or before the interview in terms of using the cash flow to then go go and buy the assets if it's a business or personal and then get those assets or like different revenue streams to then cover the overheads then everything else is pure profit and you can use that obviously for scaling and stuff like that and i think obviously taking that system and going right okay the idea is to reduce risk and the idea is to obviously if you lose one like say you're having a bad month in your business but it doesn't matter if you're having a bad month cash flow wise, like sales wise, because you've diversified, you've brought those passive income streams that cover your overheads anyway. So you have a bad month, it doesn't matter. And I think that obviously changes the dynamic of a business. The fact that obviously you've come out and gone, well, you can buy revenue. I think absolutely golden. What sort of examples have you had for yourself that you, where you've bought revenue? Um, so buying revenue, that was, uh, we took uh, about seven figures, um, raised that, staked that out, um, used OPM. That's the, my other favorite thing to do is other people's money. Opie, that'll change your life. Um, yeah, so we staked out a seven-figure deal um, to create um, about 10x with that. And that'll grow into something larger where that can become uh, a fund for uh, businesses to invest in. Um, still a few years, still really far out down the road. Um, other stuff too, um, like buying 
my friend, he was doing a lot of my mobile mechanic stuff because I like cars, boats, and stuff like that. And I like to tinker with stuff, buy them, sell them, flip them. Uh, it's kind of a hobby, but it's a hobby that makes money. But I saw a big need for that in the region. Um, so I purchased 25% of, of his business where I said, hey, um, I should have the hat on. I usually always wear the hat uh, backwards. But I bought, you know, it is all, yeah, I said, you know what? This is needed. Um, this is needed specifically in these areas. And I can help you scale this. We're kind of like the, the shark tank where I was like, oh, wait. I know this, like, you just need a website, you need an app built out, like some, just a couple, like, infrastructure things, and I could really help you take this, you know, in the next two to five years, take this somewhere and really create this where it's something more than just you being a solopreneur, like, fixing, you know, my car and boat projects and being like, hey, Steve, got another boat, um, <laughs> gonna need to put channel, you know, drop everything you're doing there in uh, Tahoe and kind of get you down in San Diego um, where maybe we could have that guy in San Diego, you know, like where it'd be like a referral thing or something like that. Um, another passive thing that I created um, was a patent. So with uh, snowboarding, with the technology that we developed, um, you know, here's always, the, there's always two goals of that. The brand shoots through the roof and the brand does awesome stuff. Um, if the brand doesn't work, you always fall back on your pads and licensing that out. Um, I'd like to make, you know, I, I, love, I love making money, but I mean, I'll take 10% of 100 people's efforts or 1,000 people's efforts or 10,000 people's efforts over 100% of my own any day. And that's that's going back to leverages then. I'm sure like leveraging is shape other people's money, other people's time, like other people's assets to make you more money. I think that is people know about it, but I don't think they truly appreciate what it actually does for you in terms of like freeing up your time, but still getting the same amount of results, if not better results, because you're leveraging more. You're only one person. You've only got one set of assets and one set of income. Now, if you can go and leverage other people's, it, it changes the game, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It does. And I mean, I'm getting more and more into that and structuring deals. Um, another thing I'm working on is my first, you know, multiple unit uh, deal, like where we're going for two to three hundred doors, and you know, looking for the the credit investors out there. Um, the credit investor means that you have. Uh, X amount, usually it's seven figures um, in assets, liquid and liquid assets, and then it's uh, a certain amount. Usually it's like two hundred to three hundred thousand annually, uh, at least in the U.S. Um, so putting together a bunch of limited uh, partners, and then uh, myself and another person, we're going to be the general partners for this. But real hard assets right now, that's where it's at, um, especially when you know markets and stuff like that. Who knows what's coming? Um, well, actually, kind of do know what's coming, but any, anytime stuff takes a downturn, um, put your money into stuff like that because people are always going to need roofs, and especially uh, US, um, we're about four million units or four million um, houses short, especially after the recession in 2008. We stopped producing and stuff like that, so go out there and you know, supply and demand, that's the best spot you could be in right now. It's multi-units, multi-family units, but doing it as, a, you know, like a conglomerate or as a shoot, syndication, that's the best way you can do it. 
Nice. So how do you, Oshie, how do you identify your own passive income opportunities? So uh, my own right now, um, you know, one, hard assets. Um, that's a big focus. Um, two, I love... I love funds and stuff like that or something that can, like the one thing I'm working on right now or that we're in, that's about a 0.3 return to the one. Um, so it does about 30% on a crappy year. Um, good years, we could do about 45%, but who knows with uh, wars and stuff like that and inflation. So 30% is like, that's a good number. Um, you know, then I look at other businesses, um, Snipe and then patents and stuff like that. License out. Um, that's a good thing too. And then I JV with uh, I got a used to be called a, a influencer academy, but now we've kind of changed it into the free range human project um, with a venturepreneur, like rebranding under that whole thing, where I bring in as many people as I can, just to JV with or refer people out with or you know however we can use our traffic um, the best we can to facilitate to them and be essentially that hub. I mean, that's always been my goal um, with anything I do. You know, like when I started the blog and created that, I was like, well, I can't be Google, but I can be something that Google points to. Um, same thing with um, Snowboard Brand. I was like, well, I can't be Burton, but I can be something that Burton's not and offer that, you know, that value for the kids out there. And then, you know, read about it, social media about it. and you know, all that. So it was always a hub. Um, same thing when I started the, the trading company where I was like, all right, cool. Like I can't be the biggest engineering firm or, you know, the biggest 3PL out there. But what I can do is I can help a lot of people out there succeed. Um, so, you know, with this, um, you know, I just said, Hey, I can, I can help people out there. So, you know, like, yeah, like we do have the membership program, but I bring a lot of people in. Um, subject matter experts do a lot of the course stuff, um, you know, because that that introduces them to our audiences or to like our summits and stuff like that. And then from there, you know, like we have our they offer coaching. Oh, great, cool! Like we just want to refer you <laughs> and get that link back, you know, like get a little click back. I mean, whatever's clever. And then same thing if they have done for you programs. Like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, you got done for you program. Cool. Like, let's drive some traffic to you. Let's put you in our directory. Let's, let's rock this out. Nice. Okay. I love how, like you've got like such a diverse route. It's like, but you use it, but the core foundation is you're using your skills to apply to every single one and obviously allowing your skills to make a difference in these opportunities. It's not like you're going away and right, okay, new opportunity, new set of skills, new opportunity, new set of skills, different opportunity, different new set of skills. And you're, you're using what you're really good at and making a difference in all these different styles, which is then bringing back 10 times more on the on the ROI side. So I like actually, um, what seems to be the core focus in most of these interviews is stick to what you're good at or get good at something and you and find different ways to make money from it in different avenues by still using those skills. So that's something you'd agree with? 100%. Um, you know, like something that's always been my easy natural skill is just connecting people. Mm. Um, that's just always been a joke. Um, somebody, you know, will ask, what do my friends ask? Hey, does anybody know where I can park in LAX or um, near in Portland, Maine? And I said, oh, yeah. Went on Facebook, tagged a friend. 
Of course you know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I know somebody here. You know somebody. I'm like, well, if it doesn't work out, I'm like, I might know like another person or another person or something like that. Um, but it's just the degrees of separation, you know, but always, yeah, if there's something that comes natural, like it's uh, natural or your genius sound, focus on your genius sound with anything you do business-wise or life-wise and other stuff, you know, like know that it's there. Um, this is, I tell a lot of people this a lot all the time where, yeah, you know, like your tires are low. Um, you know, if your tire's flat or if your car needs oil changing, but are you going to change that oil or rip that tire off that rim and put it on? Chances are probably no. You take that from me, it's an expert. You know, time's the one thing that we'll never get back. You know, for you to learn how to take a tire off a wheel and put a tire back on, it's going to take you a good 10 times, you know, to figure that out and match that scale or probably like 100 or 1,000 times, right? And you look at, you know, people have gone to school or gone to school to like master stuff um, like the shoot like the doctor that removed the dvt out of my leg man like you know he went to that's right like 10 years or 12 like i mean he kicked ass but that's like that's his specialty that's what he does he focuses on that genius zone for me to learn that it's not gonna happen um you know so like be conscious of what you're doing with with your time because that's one thing you're never gonna get back and if you can find somebody that's there that man you can pay them to do it you can you know make payments to do it you can jv with them oh my god find a way to make it work however you can because like i said i'll take 10 percent of a lot of people's efforts versus 100 percent of my own 100 percent, i absolutely love it um, so we're coming to the end of the interview um, and obviously if people have, have loved what you said obviously connected with you resonated with you um, and just found you overall cool which obviously you are where, where would you direct and how would you want people to connect with the master connector oh thanks man um, <laughs> however you're comfortable connecting it's uh, you know whether it's Facebook Instagram Pinterest website email um, text all that it's all online all available um it's jefflab.net or you know any one of the social platforms just reach out it's like peeing in a drain or peeing in the shower it all goes down the same drain um <laughs> but but don't pee in the shower but i'm just saying if you pee in the shower it goes down the same drain just you know the toilet and everything like that it all ends up to you know this phone right here or into my computer I absolutely love it, mate. So yeah, what we'll do is we'll drop it, we'll grab a couple of Jeff's links and we'll put them in the show notes for you. Um so she you can obviously go and connect with him, talk to him about obviously risk management, bit of consulting, and pff, making money, <laughs> like everything basically it, what this guy doesn't know is, is probably a shorter book. <laughs> oh, I mean, if I don't know it, he'll I'll know someone who does. <laughs> Yeah, I'll connect you with somebody that does. <laughs> awesome. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, have you got any final words? Hey, man. Um, there's two words, and they're my favorite two words. Send it. Send Just it. send it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast, and I will see you on the next one.
Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to that latest episode of the Passive Buddies podcast. I hope you absolutely loved it and took so much value from it that you can go and make a difference in your life, in your finances, in your family's life. If you want to know more and if you want to connect with us on a more personal level, ask some questions, learn step-by-step how to make passive income online and the marketing strategies behind it, then there is a link to our free group below. Definitely click that link join the free Facebook group and let's connect and let's help you to get to your next steps. See you on the next episode, guys.